The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, Ryan Tupperty with you this Wednesday morning. It's the 11th of May 2022 at 6 minutes past 9. We're here till 10 o'clock. The text number is 51551. And you can email ryan at rte.ie. It's grand outside, nothing to be worried about. But Joe Biden's sister was out and about recently. She has a book out and she's been promoting her book, uh, which I very decently, she... she Somebody I know was sitting at a dinner in New York recently, in Washington, I think it was, and I ended up sitting beside Joe Biden's sister. She said, yeah, I'm bringing this book out. And he, he said, oh, yeah, you should give it to this guy over in Ireland. And she said, OK. And sure, sure enough, she sent me a signed copy of her lovely book um, to me, uh, which I'm delighted about. I haven't uh, read it yet, but I uh, look forward to it because she seems like a very interesting person. And in the course of her talking about uh, the book, uh, she was asked... Do you think, what was the question now? Do you think that Meghan Markle would make a good presidential candidate? Meghan Markle. To which she replied, yes, perhaps. Of course she will. So she kind of went, kind of, she might have been caught off guard and said, yes, of course, uh, uh, perhaps, uh, of course. You. Well, the headline, of course, then becomes, Biden's sister says Meghan Markle would make good presidential candidate. It's, it's funny that you, you have to be so careful. I need to have to care for myself sometimes when you answer a question. Depending on the interviewer or the copy editor, they might not really like you. And suddenly this headline comes out of something you said out of innocence or it's taken out of context. That doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it does. And you go, ah, damn, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean for it to come out that way. But it suits certain people's prisms. Uh, to tell the story this way. And, you know, it's a good story. I can understand why it's tasty that you'd give it that headline, but she didn't quite say. She didn't come out of nowhere and say, I think Meghan Markle should be the president of America. She was asked. She gave a wishy-washy answer, and I mean that not disrespectfully. She would just seem to be slightly uncertain. But now it's the story. Biden's sister says Markle for, um, for, for the top job. Unconfirmed reports that Markle has been forging connections with top Democrats with an eye on a possible career in politics have long circulated, although there's no solid evidence that she's interested in running for an elected office. I suspect she would be interested if I was to hazard a guess. Remember Donald Trump said, Trump said he was not a fan of, not a fan, not a fan of Meghan Markle and quipped that he wished a lot of luck to Harry because he's going to need it. That's what he said at the time. And... Um, President Biden's sister said uh, she absolutely expects her brother Joe, 79-year-old brother Joe, to run for re-election in 2024 despite mounting questions about his alleged cognitive decline amid a growing list of public gaffes. And that is the rundown on that story. So we'll see where, where, where that all goes. Um, never, never boring American politics, uh, as, I, as I see it. New animal. This is cr- new animal species. You know the way you, you, sometimes they say, "Oh, yeah, no, they, they named a a, a, a a frog after David Attenborough." And you go, "Yeah, of course, like Attenborough's Tadpolus Maximus or whatever it might be called." Always a Latin name for the the the, the, the person it's named after. <laughs> and new animal species. The scientists have come out and said, "Stop calling species after famous people." Why? Is it because it's offensive to the 
toad or the tadpole or the butterfly. No, it's because he, he, this is a preemptive strike against future cancellation. So he said, if you name a species after a celebrity, that celebrity then might be cancelled later on in life. And suddenly the poor species is saddled with this name forever. So, for example, let's go back to the 1930s, shall we? There was, it's called a blind cave beetle. And blind cave beetles have feelings too. And they need to be named. And they named it in the 1930s in Slovenia. was named... Anophthalmus Hitleri. Yes. You, yes, it was. And it was named after that other fella. And it's under threat of extinction now, as it is found in only five caverns, and there's huge demand from neo-Nazis to own this insect. Weird. However, an attempt to have the beetle, named after, obviously, Hitler, renamed, the attempt to have it renamed, was rejected because it was correctly named at the time. So they're saying it's of its time. It's like when they go back into Enid Blyton books and say, no, take that out, take that out, take that out, because it's a correction from a societal correction. Now we're into culture wars. We have a big debate about that. But this guy is saying, just stop calling them after. Like, did you know that Taylor Swift has a millipede named after? I didn't know this. It's called Nanaria Swifti. And it's named after her for whatever reason. There is also... Um, and a, a, a blood fluke, <laughs> a blood fluke named after uh, President Obama, which is called Baratrima Obamai. Uh, so it's a very common thing. But as this gentleman says, one person's hero is another's villain. And even celebrities that are widely acclaimed today can fall from grace tomorrow, leading to nomenclatural regret <laughs> for those who immortalise their name in a species. Species names should instead refer to their shape or their place where they're found. And the same guy lambasted scientists who name new bugs and creatures after their girlfriends and their pets or their wives and husbands and friends as nepotism and cronyism. <laughs> it's a war in the insect world here. One or two species named after a famous scientist should be enough to honour them. He said, if you're going to name a creature after a scientist, try to honour women scientists as much as you honour men, as most creatures named after people are named after men. I mean, there is the Neopelpa Donald Trumpy. That's a thing too. It's a moth species found in Southern California and Northern Mexico. So obviously some MAGA guy says, yeah, that's his politics, so off he goes. One is named after one of my favourite cartoon characters, Eugene H. Krabs, to which children of a certain vintage who happen to still be in the car or not at school today are going, why did he mention Mr. Krabs from the Krusty Clam, from the, from the Clam in um, SpongeBob SquarePants? So that's obviously a geeky fan of SpongeBob, who's also a scientist, who says, great, I'm going to name him after. You must have great. 77 worms in, in, in this study were named after one scientist, Dr. Charles Bercy. And in fairness, this scientist, Dr. Poulin, acknowledged that there is some value to naming creatures after celebrities. It can draw public attention to the importance of species discovery and biodiversity. But I, I, I agree with that. But cancelling the name of species is no easy task, as per the Hitler beetle, the, uh, the, the one I mentioned earlier, that it is Anophthalmus hitleri, which, was, uh, which will always be that because they're not going to go changing.
That's one story today. Another one that I thought was fascinating was um, a passenger with no flying experience safely landed a private plane. This is the key detail in here because it's not a big plane. It doesn't matter. It was in the Florida airport on Tuesday afternoon. It was yesterday afternoon. So there's these two guys in the plane, light aircraft, going along. The pilot says to his friend, do you want to go up? I'll, I'll, I fly. I'll bring you up for a little spin. The guy goes, yeah, I'd love to. So he sits there and the guy goes, isn't this fool? The pilot, incapacitated, gone. And the guy's sitting there beside him going, what do you do? And not only this, he's looking around going, what? The plane is now, I presume, in free fall, whatever the hell is going on. And what happens? He calls the... Um, the air control people and says, uh, got a little bit of a problem here. And they have the audio footage of it. I've got a serious situation here by pilot. Uh, so here, I have no idea how to fly the airplane. I'm a 333 Lima Delta. Roger, what's your position? I have no idea. He goes to Florida in front of me. What was the situation with the pilot? He is incoherent. He is out. I'm a 3 Lima Delta. Roger, uh, try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Uh, push forward on the uh, controls and uh, descend at a very slow rate. You take the control and descend at a very slow rate and you'll be grand. Well, in fairness to the fella, he he, he landed the plane. Like, no, no, all the other guys around were saying, crikey, that's, uh, how did he do that? If you just didn't hear it, he said, I've got a very serious situation. My pilot has gone incoherent. I have no idea how to fly the plane. And the traffic controller then starts giving instructions, including like, press, pu- push that down and the, <laughs> and um, try to hold the wings level and see if you can start descending for me. Push forward in the controls, descend at a very slow rate. Try to follow the coast, either north or southbound. It was vague. It's either north or south. I, my nerves will be gone. We're trying to locate you. Not helpful. Try to hold the wings level. I'd be saying, what? What does that even mean? I'd be looking around, panicking. If, and if you can start descending for me, that's happening naturally. Thanks. Uh, push forward the controls. Of course, I'd push them and we'd be gone. In addition, uh, you can hear uh, you can, the, the controller telling other planes what had happened. And uh, one of the, like a big passenger airline pilot, did you, did you say the passenger landed the airplane? My God, great job. Great job. And they did. Uh, possible medical issue for the pilot. But just somebody said recommended um, uh, uh, this documentary on Boeing. That's doing the rounds and said, you should watch that documentary on, on Boeing, the air, the air people, the, the plane people. I said, OK, well, I, look, I love a good documentary. I'm not big, big into aviation, to be honest with you. So I watched it for about 10 minutes and it was describing a plane, an engine going and the plane going down and pretty much everyone dying. And I thought, no, I like to fly. I enjoy air travel. I mean, it's fine. Um, and uh, but. I don't want to see how it all works. I don't want to see the engine working and I don't want to see the engine exploding. I don't want to see plane crashes. So I stopped watching it. And I'm better for it, I can be honest. I don't want to see it at all. Speaking of Trump, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, is on a sort of a, a love bomb tour of America to try and get people to come back to London. Uh, but in the course of which he was addressing Stanford University students in California. And he blamed... Uh, the rise in racist or radicalized social media messages to him uh, on Donald Trump, partly on his election as US president. And this, I, w- I would chime with the fact that civil discourse took a downward turn when Trump started becoming very Trumpy 
And I think a lot of people learned that language and the rudeness of it and thought, yeah, it's it's okay. It's, it, he enabled, I think, a lot of crassness and rudeness, no doubt. Um, and Sadiq Khan blamed a, a, a 1,892% rise in abuse to Trump's election. Uh, they had a bit of a contretemps over uh, Sadiq Khan's response to the London Bridge terror attacks. As he said himself, he said, Trump's not my biggest fan. But during the four years he was president, says Khan, that led to me having to receive police protection and a lot of racial and uh, racial abuse. Which brings us on to Elon Musk, who plans to reverse Mr. Trump's Twitter ban, saying that everybody should be entitled to be rehabilitated. And let's wait and see if Donald Trump has learned his lesson. If it's the case that Donald Trump is going to use Twitter responsibly, I think that's all well and good. So and we can talk about the, the rights and wrongs of that another day. But uh, yeah, I think he'll probably be back, back on Twitter and it'll be entertaining and terrifying all at the same time. 51551. Ryan, that moth was named after Donald Trump because of its hair. Really? That's okay. I can see that. I saw a picture of it there. You're right. Okay. That's Norman and Bray. And Megan says uh, Giuseppe would make England great again if she got involved in UK politics. Well, I read a lot of British media and she doesn't seem to, they don't seem to have taken her to her heart, uh, if I was to give you a broad interpretation of it. Even though, as I've told you a million times, I met her briefly in, in Washington and she was perfectly charming. But uh, she gets a lot of bad press. Uh, Bernadette on the cancellation. Imagine if there was a, like a Savile Salamander or a Putin Panther. Um, well, that's straight in for cancellation there. Bob said, I can see the headline now. Tuberty launches Meghan Markle's Meghan Markle's presidential campaign. Happily. Happily. A bumper programme of events has been announced for this year's Galway International Arts Festival. What a great festival that is. And I know uh, that uh, the director there, Paul Faye, does a cracking job every year pulling it all together. And he said they're thrilled with the new schedule. It's the first time since 2019. Isn't that glorious? Everyone's going to be hanging out together. There's going to be appearances by Pixies and John Hopkins, The Flaming Lips, The Stunning. They'll all be out. Uh, for concerts all postponed and it's all happening in Galway and that is wonderful uh, news and welcome back to that great festival. Yeah, Apple has confirmed that they're no longer making iPods. I found a little iPod the other day and uh, <laughs> look how cute. It now looks like a gramophone. That's how things have gone, how quickly things move on. It's now very quaint and you see it, oh, I've got a thousand songs, ah, oh, little iPod. And it's gone now. They've said, no, we'll, we'll kill it off now because well, there's no point in the phones and everything like that. But they were delighted with it at the time. Uh, buying complete albums on vinyl gave way to paying 99 cent a piece for selected digital songs. Although having said that, they, um, the, the, the vinyl sales, as you know, are, are back and that's now swimming along nicely. So wouldn't throw out the iPod just yet. The future hipsters, whatever word they'll have, uh, will be using them and they'll become a, a, a kind of an ironic um, accoutrement to their daily lives. And then there'll be something else that will be gas and old-fashioned seeming and to us were the height of modern technology. Music says um, uh, the people at Apple. Music has always been part of our core at Apple. I I presume that's what they were doing there. Uh, 51551, I entertained myself uh, uh, while airside at Los Angeles airport for three hours by watching four episodes of Mayday Air... (laughs) <laughs> Air crash investigation. Time flew. I bet you it did. 
Um, and another uh, says, uh, one of the best real-life airplane shows I've seen was created by Darren Brown, the hypnotist, um, at 30,000 feet. He, he, a hero at 30,000 feet. He convinces a random Joe Bloggs in Britain who has a fear of airplanes, to land a plane that's about to crash. It's worth a watch. Thank you, Dara. I, I won't watch it, but I appreciate it. Uh, I just don't... I don't want to see all that stuff. Here's another one for you. Wegner's disease, an autoimmune cyst disease identified by Alfred Wegner in the 1930s, who turned out to be a Nazi. So name change required to granulomatosis polyangenitis uh, causes great debate between American patients and European, says Nicole. Yeah, it was, it's, it's controversial. A blind beetle living in a cave, naming it Hitler, isn't it possible that it was attended as an insult to the man, says Susan. Well, scientists are generally not stupid people. And maybe they were, they, they take an opportunity to poke fun or have a little, uh, if you like, um, insectal satire. Um, along the way, so not not a, not a bad suggestion at all. Uh, Ukraine made it through to Eurovision Song Contest final. They're currently looking like favourites with their song, um, and uh, a lot of the, that was the first semi-final last night. Of course, our interest in Brooke is for tomorrow night, so wish her well for that. But Ukraine will be hard to not quite beat, but it'll be hard to see how. Yeah, there's a, not an emotional connection with people around the world to what they're doing. So uh, they're through to the final now and we'll see where that goes. Uh, the Iceland, I didn't I didn't watch last night, but the Iceland um, band look interesting. So I don't know if their performance was any good. The lads upstairs said it wasn't so hot. Um, and of course, uh, all eyes will be on, I suppose, in some ways, the Ukrainian uh, act just out of curiosity. And I'm sure a lot of you watched it last night and will be following it tomorrow. And coffee is the very first thing thought of the day for many people waking up all over the world. Yes, including myself. I love my the first shot of coffee in the morning is my probably my favorite thing of the day. Um but the researchers at University College Cork, uh, corkbio.ie always come up with great little stories who are they're studying how coffee consumption affects us all. And they need participants from Cork. And anyone taking part will get paid and will have a free 3 week supply of coffee. I'm interested already. Um, and, of course, participants will be doing their bit for science. This is Dr. Serena Boschiani, Boschiani and Nurse Caroline O'Leary. They're leading the coffee study. And they reckon it's a wonderful opportunity for coffee lovers and haters to play an important part in research that will tell us more about how coffee benefits our microbes and our brain. And that sounds good. OK, let's take a tune. Uh, 51551 is the text number. At, what are we on? 924? Yeah, we're open for business. Mayfield, move on up at 28 minutes past nine this Wednesday morning. Great to have your company. Uh, I hear you, says Caroline and Harold's Cross, um, uh, about not wanting to know how aircraft works. Uh, my, my, my brother is very mechanically minded, watches lots of documentaries on such things, including aircraft. Anyway, he has no children of his own, but we were travelling on a plane and my seven-year-old son was sitting beside him and they were situated at the wings 
Whereupon my brother started to explain to my son how many bolts and fixings, etc., were holding the wings on, and if one of them failed, we'd all be doomed. Seriously, my son is still traumatized. I'm, I'm not surprised. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to know how sausages, uh, what did it say? Sausages, laws, and planes are made. Just give me the legislation. Some nice sausages, slightly burnt toast, butter dripping off it. I'm in heaven. And a plane with lovely air stewards, and I'm happy. I mean, I'm, 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 li- well, kind of literally in heaven in that car. The night before I took my first long haul flight to China, says the text, I watched Air Force One. Good one. And not a great choice of movie in retrospect. It's 4 a.m., says Mike from Knock in Boston. Do you remember Mike? He was, he, he, he texted us listening to the music, to the show from um, the Q. Anyway, he's back in Boston. And what a difference a day makes. Yesterday, you were calming, calming my nerves getting through security in Terminal 2. This morning, I wake up to plane crash stories. Well, Mike, we, we waited to talk about the plane crash stories until you got there. So you're welcome. And I hope all is well in Boston. And uh, Nana Laurie was on to say, my wonderful grandson is 18 today. I bought one of those birthday cards listing all of the events of his birth year. And guess what? Ukraine won the Eurovision in 2004. Didn't know that. Great to see they can still enter this year. Happy birthday to Aaron in the meantime. And Elizabeth says, in our home... In our, on our way home from Chicago and the airport and about 20 minutes in the air when the captain comes on the speakers informing us that because of technical problems we have to return to Chicago. The wheels would not pull up and as a terrible emotional flyer my head went into sudden decline of fear and when we landed the captain stood at the door of the plane and as I approached I said you put the fear of God into me into which he replied in his best Cork accent it would be worse if the wheels didn't come down. And I haven't flown since. See, you were just you were you were you were a wreck anyway, and that must have been one hell of a swim back from Chicago. Wasn't it? The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio One. Okay, five one five five one is the text number, and uh, let's see where this uh, one comes from. I see Clifton, so my eye is drawn from Mary and Vincent. Mary and Vincent, are they my friends in Letterfrack? Uh, the one bookshop sounds like it. Um, and if it is, good morning. You may have come across Dr. Peter Vine, who lives in Clifton with his wife Paula Casey. And Peter is a marine biologist and author, and he has the honour of having not only a single species named after him. Um, Dr. Vine has a whole Spirobus genus named after him. Vinaria and uh, Spirobus are tiny tube worms that live on rocks and shells and drifting objects such as boats. And Pete has written about this and much more in his memoir, appropriately called Spirobus. I hope I'm saying it correctly. Published by Artisan House. Proceeds go to aid research into Parkinson's disease in the Dublin Neurological Institute and the Matter Hospital. From Mary and Vincent. Well, I didn't know that. I'm enjoying hearing about this. I'm getting a great education today in so, different, so many different things. Now, I'm enjoying the aviation themes as a text this morning, considering how many airlines from around the world are attending the Airline Economic Conference at the RDS today, which is an aircraft financing conference. And that's from Frank from the bank, which sounds like your gangster name if you're in a Martin Scorsese. Hey, where's Frank from the bank? He's over at the airline conference. Oh, yeah, I thought so. 51551, uh, my friend works in um, in aerospace in, in Belfast and she hates flying. Um, but she has to take a small pill before boarding, which she wouldn't be the first or the last bombardier. She says it's because she knows how the planes work or not, as the case may be. She's under strict instructions never to share any 
inside information, knowing that's gas. And um, yeah, but a lot of people do, they take a, a little helping hand along the way to get them over the fear of flying. Uh, Michael in Dublin 12, the flying on the upper floor of an Air France Boeing 747 from Mauritius to Paris. I asked the steward, would we pass over the Nile? And she said she'd ask the captain. And she came back and said that the captain invited me up to the cockpit, which I did. Unfortunately, both the captain and the co-pilot were in good health and I didn't have to fly the monster airplane with three or four hundred people on board. But what a nice thing to do, um, Michael, um, of the captain to say, can we do that? Upper floor. Does that mean it's two-story plane? I've never been on a two-story plane. I've been on two-story trains, all right, but but not that. So um, I'm sure that was quite an experience. 51551 is the text number. Um, I think we'll take a tune. So many places to go. And I think, um, what was I thinking about there? It's, it's a bit of a cheese number and it's only Wednesday, so it might be a little earlier. But it's never too early for a bit of cheese. We'll go back to... That's uh, Gloria. Oh, Tim in Dublin. I love that text. Flight, flight. <laughs> he says, flight navigation and dumb song lyrics have come to mind. I'm so glad the person who wrote, <laughs> who wrote Sade's smooth operator is not a navigator. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Not according to my atlas, says Tim. Oh, I do enjoy that. Um, can I say good morning to Jolene? Good morning, Jolene. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm great. And yourself? I only have a minute to talk to you, or two minutes, just very quickly, to tell us what you're up to today and, and how we're going to get behind this idea of living smartly and eating well. Yes. So, Ryan, we have a family cooking club at www.oneyummymummy.com. So we are all about making family food easier. So you know yourself, have you ever walked into the kitchen with a press full of ingredients, looked at them and not known what to cook? So we are trying to break down the barriers of home cooking and get the kids into the kitchen too. Great idea. So what? where can they go? They go to the, to the website and they log on. Are you still Zooming? So we do a live Zoom every Tuesday at five o'clock and we get um, the kids into the kitchen. Last night um, we cooked pasta al forno. So the kids are cooking, using everyday ingredients, cooking from scratch. We have an age range from five years old to 12. Then um, with the Family Cooking Club, we um, have video-led recipes uh, using everyday ingredients. So people go to the website, they can join up. It's a tenner a month and um, we are just trying to make everyday cooking as easy and stress-free and budget-friendly as possible. It's a really good idea for people like me who want to use <laughs> all the great ingredients in our press and not the Mickey Mouse things that they have in the chef books that they're complete nonsense. You're doing the right thing. A human oh. a human approach to a human problem. Jolene, I like, I like it very much. Well done. I'll, I'll probably be logging on myself at some point soon. Uh, <laughs> good luck with it all and thanks for your time this morning. 
Okay, thanks for there the chat, Ryan. There she goes, short Talk but sweet. Soon. Thanks, Jolene Cox. And it's oneyummymummy.com if you want to find out about that. It makes perfect sense. Mary says, thank you for playing Gloria. I have it cranked up in the office here in Port Alicia. That's exactly what you need. Excellent. o'clock uh, so it's time for us to say goodbye stay tuned to Claire Byrne who's standing by and have a wonderful day we'll see you tomorrow The Ryan Tuberty Show listen back on the RTE radio player